welcome to the Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB Pro figure athlete, turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. All right. Hi, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to bring you on. Okay. So for everybody watching here, this is Mandy Thomas. Um, We've actually been in contact for quite some time as she came to one of mine and Joe's workshops way back in 2017 when we started doing what we're doing now. Um, And I love the power of the internet because we can just stay connected. It was amazing coming and learning from you guys at that time and also to see your guys' progress since then as well. Yeah, great. So Mandy is a personal finance coach. Um, she also works with businesses as well, but you really help people, you know, gain clarity with their personal finance, save money, get out of debt, which I think not just considering the, the COVID-19 situation we're in right now, but as a whole, people struggle with this situation. Like, why do you feel like people struggle with their personal finances? I think one of the big things is everyone just makes it seem like managing your personal finances is supposed to be so easy and you just make a monthly budget and boom, everything works out. And because it's explained so simply, then people don't understand why it's not working for them because a lot of times what we're taught doesn't actually work. Like it needs, we need to have a better system that. So I teach my clients a different way. Like a lot of times your monthly budget, you're completely missing an entire category of expenses, which is what I call your non-recurring and random expenses. Those are things like travel, Christmas gifts, clothing. So then you make a monthly budget and then the end of the month rolls around and you're like, wow, my budget shows I should have way more money left. My bank account shows way less. And you're frustrated and you don't want to keep doing it because you're like, well, I tried, I put all this effort in. I did exactly what, especially a lot of financial professionals say, and it didn't work for me. And then people are like, well, you know what? Screw it. It didn't work anyways. And then kind of a lot of avoidance from there because they just don't realize like what they're trying doesn't really work. And then of course there's absolutely the behavioral and the money mindset side that you have to bring in as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, it's all the little things here and there um, that we all throw our credit card out for or our debit card out for. And yeah, that's just, that stuff. That stuff definitely adds up. So right now COVID-19 is going on, which can bring up a lot of anxiety and I, I know is causing a lot of stress for business owners and for people. Um, I think I read the other day that a million people in Canada have been laid off from their jobs. And you know, I know the old saying goes that you should have six months of savings in order to support yourself, but they say like that stat is not the majority of people. So what do you see happening right now from the financial side, you know, considering this whole COVID situation? Yeah. So I see the first thing, there's so much fear, anxiety, worry, I think for the vast, vast majority of people. And in the past, it would have been what you would have considered people who were like more so living paycheck to paycheck. But for me, I see it is every single person now, because this has affected everyone in some shape or form. And most people I see don't have that six months for a lot of people that can take years and years to ever get to that point. So it feels like it's so hard to get there. A lot of people don't really work towards it as much. So I see a lot of people who maybe had a thousand in savings, which as you can see, doesn't go very far during this time right now. So I see a lot of scarcity going on. So a lot of people really holding on to their money as much as possible, but at the same time, then also being bored at home, 
their routine is completely off, which what I have learned is like, if your routine is off, that can just throw every single thing besides the fact of all the fear and worry and stress. So then in turn, a lot of times there's spending extra on Amazon just because you're simply bored. And then it's really that conflict. Like I'm trying to save so much money. So they're saving in certain areas, but they're, they're bored and they're uncertain. So maybe spending in others. So still feeling like not really sure where their money's going, but kind of holding on to it. So a lot of honestly confusion for the most part. And the biggest thing is just the uncertainty. Like how long is this going to go on for? Is this, is everybody going to be at back to work in a month? Is it going to be three months? Is it six months? What does that look like for everyone? So I think the biggest thing is just the uncertainty that literally nobody knows how long this is going to last for. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think we're all kind of just waiting um, to hear like, what's the next time frame that we're working towards? And, you know, I think a lot of us only anticipated this going on for a couple of weeks. And I can understand that the government can't really let us know the overall picture because it creates a lot of like fear um, and, and anxiety in people. And I, I even heard now, like we're looking into the summer maybe being allowed out a little bit, but then waves of this happening again in the fall, which from a financial standpoint, you know, if this goes till Christmas, you know, I, I fear for a lot of people who have not prepared for this situation. So before we kind of dive into like some helpful hints, and I know you have like so much knowledge in this area of, of how people can, can help themselves and, and help themselves in the future for, for situations like this again. Um, now you're, you're fairly young. I know you're younger than me and what you have been able to do for yourself financially is very, very impressive. So let us hear like a little bit of a background story of why you love finances and what you've been able to do for yourself. Yeah. So I definitely, this wasn't the path I thought I would take, but it's absolutely what I was meant to do. So growing up, we really didn't have a lot. There was a lot of scarcity around money, a lot of fights around money. And from an early age, I knew that my parents weren't meant to be together. And so did my siblings, but my mom, we have a very genetic heart condition in our family. So she was always in and out of the hospital, couldn't really work. And so I seen this situation from when someone stays in something that's not healthy for them, how even though you're trying to kind of keep that to yourself, how you feel, it extends as a ripple effect and it really affect the relationship that my mom and I had. And we became estranged and then she ended up passing away and I wasn't able to repair that hurt and the damage before it got too late. And so there's a lot of pain that comes from that. And so I really want to help families to feel a lot more empowered, but it starts with you as a woman, you as you as an individual feeling really good about your finances because you just show up so differently So I knew from a really young age, I had to be the person in charge of my money. So I started my first business at 11, my second at 14. I really became financially self-sufficient from age 11 because I just felt like I couldn't trust anyone. So that was good in a sense because I learned a ton about money. I really, really dove in head first because I felt like I didn't have a ton of role models. So I looked to books and different things like that. So I became really, really good at saving. I went in for power engineering and I had a six figure income By age 26, I'd saved a quarter of a million dollars, and I was really proud of that. I also told nobody for a really long time, even in my coaching business, but what happened was I was just so deathly afraid of losing it, of going back to the way we lived as kids, to wondering if I'd have food to eat. I also came out uh, to the workforce in 2008 in a recession, similar to now, so that caused a lot of anxiety as well. So I was great at saving it, but I was so afraid of losing it, but because I had no debt, because I managed it well. I made really good money. I felt like I couldn't open up to anyone. I felt like if I told anyone, 
that they would say, we wish we had your problem. So I just didn't say it to anyone. And it really started off as a lot of digestive problems. Then it led to anxiety for me. Anxiety for me led to binge eating. And then it led to actually really bad uh, memory loss is what it eventually got to. And I thought it was early onset Alzheimer's. I got incredibly sick, had to really go down the holistic road. I spent about $30,000 just trying to figure out what was even going on with me. And finally, when I realized like, I thought it was something externally happening. We could just fix this thing. And then finally I realized like, A, I need to open up about it. And when I did, I really got a second chance at life. Like I got my health back, but I really had to work on actually feeling safe with money and really diving into my money story, how I grew up. And it was just the fear of going back to how I lived as a child, even though, so for me, it was a perceived financial struggle. And I realized, oh my gosh, if I got this sick, from a perceived financial struggle, what about people who didn't know how to manage their money as well as I did? It must be so much worse for them. And I also wanted to kind of put a face to not just if you were struggling paycheck to paycheck, but you could also be a high income earner and you can have a lot of stress around money. And you don't have to feel shame around that because I felt so much shame. So I really wanted to help people in a different way. Like there's accountants to help with your taxes. There's financial advisors once you feel like you have enough money to invest. But there wasn't anyone in the meantime to help you with budgeting and cash flow management and all of that stuff. And I didn't know anyone else who was a financial coach. And I went, you know what? This is just what I have to do. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I'm going to do this because I want to help people because it's so much deeper than money. It's not just what's sitting in your bank account. It's like if you feel safe and secure every single day, it's about your energy. Like for me, I felt like a walking zombie because I was so freaking exhausted every single day. Now I do not take my health for granted whatsoever. And just seeing that connection of if you feel like you're struggling with your finances or you're worried about money, it can completely derail your physical, mental, emotional health. And then you really don't feel like you have anything. Yeah, you can have a great big bank account, but you feel like you can't do anything because you have no energy. So that's kind of what led me here. Yeah. Oh, I love that you brought up because I think a lot of people who struggle with money, making it, keeping it, saving it, they think that if they just have more, everything will be better. But I, I love that you're kind of completely on the other end of the spectrum where you're like, I had it and I was so scared, almost like hoarding it, right? Um, and I don't know if you know who Brenda Johnson is. She deals with money mindset from like the hypnosis side of things. Um, and, and she's, yeah, she's like, I see people on all spectrums as well. So it's not just having more, it's, I guess it's more of the emotional understanding of how you're handling money. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So COVID-19 is happening right now. There's a lot of like the reality is people have less income, whether they've been laid off, whether their business has been shut down. So what are some key things that you can recommend to someone whose income has gone down? You know, like, should they be saving? Um, like what should they be doing right now? Yeah. So what I would say is take a good hard look at where you are currently at. And the first thing I'm going to say is go through your numbers and figure out what does it actually cost you to live on a monthly basis. Now, at this point, you're not going to be doing quite to the full extent. There's going to be some things that you are not taking into account right now because you are just physically not needing to pay for those. So it's going to be more of like, some people call it like an emergency budget. I like to call it like a just in case budget because it just feels a lot better. So you're just going to be going like really the essentials and what you think in the next few months that you're going to be using and really see, okay, how much does it cost us to live then? How many months do we have in savings or in things that you're able to 
easily access. Like the really the last place I want you to go to is your retirement because your money is down right now. You really don't want to be diving into that. So that's the, really the last place, but you want to know, okay, how long do I have? Do I have one month? Do I have three months? So you really have an idea, okay, where do I actually stand financially? So that's the very first place to begin. And then what I would say is everyone talks about, it's a great time to invest. Yes, it is. But if you don't have about six months of living expenses right now, that should not be your concern. Do not even think, oh, well, everything's on sale. It's on sale, but if you can't afford to buy it, you shouldn't be buying it right now. So there's a lot of people I see should not really be diving into investing right now. And that's absolutely okay. The biggest thing is I would say to have at least three months in emergency savings. If you don't have that, that should be your number one goal right now. So if you're getting any stimulus, any kind of package, anything from the government, really be setting that money aside. Don't just keep it in your checking account, put it in a separate savings account to save for, because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. So that for the vast majority of people, I truly believe that is what their goal should be right now is setting money aside for that. But the other thing is really dive into your numbers right now. So you can stop your money leaks. You need to plug those. I see that like I've been a financial coach for two and a half years and I see it all the time. I even work with accountants on their personal finances and I still see that. So I just wanted to dive into some of the tips that you can address there right now. So printing off your bank account and credit card statements and really sitting down and combing through really finely and adding up how much you've been spending in different areas and see what can you reduce? What can you cancel? This is a great time. A lot of times people think if it's a small fee, it doesn't really matter. It adds up. I want you to see literally things that cost a dollar, like they absolutely matter. So check your iTunes, check your app subscription. A lot of times if you're a parent, sometimes I've noticed that maybe their kids were buying things under their Apple account and didn't really realize, and maybe they don't even use it. So comb through all of those little things. If you pay bank fees, this is an amazing time to switch to a no fee bank. I do not think any person should ever pay bank fees. There's so many banks that are amazing that have no bank fees. This is the most perfect time. And also sometimes it's hard for people to switch because it's so close and they're scared of overdrafting. But now that you have a lot less expenses, it's actually, even though there's not as much income coming in, it may actually be a little bit easier to switch to a no, no fee bank account right now than it has been in the past. So do keep that in mind. And anything that you can cancel, basically take that money you're putting and just redirect it towards building up that emergency savings fund for you. So you can feel more of that safety and security. And then do the same for your business, for your profit and loss statement, or however you are managing your business finances, really comb through that. See if there's little subscriptions, see if there's things that, you know what, maybe that was more for the long term of building your business, but right now you can hold that. It really isn't essential to the current state of your business right now. And really sit down, go through, make a budget and don't just make it. You need to keep checking in on it, making adjustments. And once you make the budget, after that is when you can compare and see, okay, how much do I have in my savings fund? How much is my goal to try and come up with? So then you know for, you can take into account maybe what's coming in from the government for you and you can see, okay, based on where I'm currently sitting, what I currently have and what the government's covering, coming, going to be bringing in, this is how many months I have. Okay, because a big thing right now, when you have uncertainty, you have so much anxiety. So we want to bring down those feelings of uncertainty and anxiety by at least having a timeline. Like when you know, okay, for three months, I can cover all this stuff. Okay, great. Perfect. 
that feels a whole lot better than going, I don't know if two weeks from now I'm going to have enough. So really sit down, look at those numbers, know what that actually is. And then you having this financial clarity of how much it costs you to live each month, it lets you know how many, so if you still have income coming in, it lets you know, okay, I have this much time. It gives you a little bit more of a buffer, which is really amazing for you right now. Um, also I'm big on the cutting expenses right now at this point, cause it's really where we need to focus, but also getting as creative as possible to bring in additional income sources. I know, um, some of my clients, one of my clients who is a personal trainer, she actually ended up having her highest month last month, but only because she got so creative and resourceful. Yes, she hustled more last month than she ever has in her entire life. And it was exhausting, I'll be completely honest. But she just had to figure out how can we do things completely differently because she lost all of her in-person income. She had none of that coming in and she, it's gonna be one of the last uh, places to open up as gyms again. So just being really, really creative. But one of the things that will help you to do that is because our thinking patterns aren't the same right now because of the uncertainty is knowing your numbers, then it makes it easier to focus on, okay, what can I do to bring in additional income? Cause you at least have the security of, I know how long I have. And then once you have this um, information, it's so much easier to know if you do have extra, cause maybe you do, and then you can figure out where you're going to, to put that. If it is, you know, putting it back into the economy a little bit more, um, supporting small businesses, but you need to know that you're taking care of first in order to do that. The other thing I would say is reach out to your accountant and see what are the best options for you specifically? Cause there's a lot of talk of different programs, but there isn't, um, as much definitive information about who specifically qualifies, what types of expenses qualify. It's different if you have an in-person business, there's a lot more things that qualify, but for if you're entirely online and virtual, it's a little bit more black and white, it's, sorry, gray there. So reaching out to your accountants can be the person who can give you the most specific information as to different relief programs, loans, and grants. So contacting them by email, that sort of thing would be great to talk to them about it. And then when it comes to, when I work with my clients specifically, I don't have them create just a monthly budget. What we do is we base it on their pay period. So for example, if they're paid bi-weekly or paid bi-weekly either from an employer or from their own business, we're managing their cash flow, not based on the month as a whole, but what is flowing into their checking account based on that specific pay period, which helps to reduce worries of overdrafting their account and really just managing their money better. So you can look at the month as a whole, but then break it down into how often you get paid. Maybe it is weekly. Maybe it's bi-weekly. Maybe it's twice a month, which is still different than bi-weekly. So that's really important to view your what's coming in and out. That's what, when I say cash flow, it really also takes into account the timing because that's a really important piece that people forget about versus if we think of just a monthly budget, you just see boom, all of your monthly income, all of your expenses. And that's not how life really works. It's based on the actual timing of things. So that's really important. And then also just know, have the awareness that if you're bored right now, that that can totally lead you to buying stuff that you don't really need. And I see a lot of people saving money in a lot of areas, but then all of a sudden like splurging on Amazon just because they're bored. So really, if you feel like your routine has been thrown off, really figuring out how can you add more routine and more stability into your day and filling that with things that are more productive, that sort of thing versus, um, and it's absolutely okay to feel emotional during this time because a hundred percent you're a human, you're experiencing that, but just adding certain things in, if it's the first time you're working completely from home and things are really thrown off. 
Now, some of the other areas that you can save money specifically are subscriptions. That's a big one. Maybe you don't need Spotify or Apple Music right now because you're at home. You can use your Wi-Fi there. Uh, reducing your cell phone bill. You might not need as much data right now, so that's a big one. Um, this is the perfect time in literally all of history to negotiate all of your services because there's people that are companies are willing to work with you a lot more because there's going to be a lot of people defaulting on their payment. So it's a lot cheaper for a company to um, charge you less for their service than to acquire a brand new client. And I said that always leading up to this, but in this economy, it's even going to be tougher for them to acquire new people. So your cable, your internet, like literally every service that you possibly can do that for personal, but also do it for your business as well. Um, negotiating your credit card interest rate right now, a lot of my clients that I work with, we're aggressively paying down their debt up until this very point in time right now, basically all of my clients, I have them not putting any extra towards their debt. What we are doing is they're making their minimum payments. And then I've had them call their credit card company and say, Hey, because of the uncertainty and everything that's going on right now, I'm going to stop putting extra towards my credit card, but I want you to um, put it at 0% interest for me to make this easier during this time. Normally I have clients negotiate. We don't say 0% interest, but this is the first time that a lot of companies are doing that. So that's what I say is talk to them about it be super friendly about it. You may not get it the first time, call back again and just be really, really polite about it. Say that you're going to keep making your minimum payments and that will make you feel a little bit better about at least maybe you're not accruing as much interest. So it's not building up as much because I know some of my clients are answered. They're like, oh, but I want to put extra towards debt. I get it. But it's so much more important that you put that in your emergency savings right now. A client of mine had a hard time holding on to that money. And then their water heater went yesterday. So that was $1,400. So they said, we're so glad we listened to you. And we put that on hold because there's still going to be those things coming up. If you're a homeowner, it's not something I ever recommended to my clients before, but the time is different now. So you could potentially renegotiate your mortgage to a lower interest rate, depending on what you're currently paying. So I've had a few clients that have done that and it's basically made it so their what they were paying each month for their mortgage was less. Now, let's say for example, if you really have lost your income, then there is the option to put things to defer some payments right now. So it's the first time I've ever heard of deferring home payments, vehicle payments. So I know some companies for your water and your utilities, they're letting you defer it too. What I would say in that case is just find out in the big scheme of things, how you're affected. So don't make it your first choice, but if you have literally nothing coming in and you have nothing in savings, it might be the only option you have. And then that's okay. But if it's not what you need to do right away, at least be aware because find out how you're affected in the long run, especially for something like your home. Do you all of a sudden in 90 days, do you need to pay all three of those mortgage payments you missed? Are they just adding it on to the end of your term? And basically it's extended by three more months. Um, is it that you go into a variable interest rate? So then if interest rates increase is then for the, for the remainder of your term, is that going to be quite a bit higher? Like just find out. So, you know, not just how you're being affected now, but just ask, how is that going to affect you in the long run? Especially when it comes to homes, that one's really, really important because each company is going to be doing it differently. So make sure you're just well-informed, even if that isn't an option you need right now, maybe just uh, having some of those phone calls right now. So you have a good idea. If you had to pursue one of those options, you would know at least the bigger picture of how you would be affected. Another one is if you have kids, 
and you've been putting money towards their education fund, this is one especially mothers need to hear is that you can totally pause this right now and I actually really recommend you to do so. Kids can take out student loans when it is time for them to go to school and there's nothing wrong with that. My parents didn't have anything saved for me for school. I didn't do student loans, but I was really resourceful and I came out debt free and I made it happen because I knew that there was nothing there for me. So just know you are not a bad parent if you pause that right now. So I would consider pausing that, pausing extra debt payments, holding on to that money right now. And just know service providers will really work with you. It's just gonna be that you need to make some phone calls. You may be on the phone a little while longer. And also what I would say is have a spreadsheet or a, a Google doc, write this information down because there's so much going on. We're feeling really overwhelmed. It's gonna be hard for you to remember this and to um, keep everything organized. So have a document that explains everything. And then if you do defer any payments, so you know when those payments start again, you can have it in your calendar, put it in your Google calendar, put a reminder ahead of time so you know exactly when that's going to be. And um, as for business expenses, this is an amazing time to negotiate leases, rent, different things like that because if they still, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to drop things in order to keep you making your payments because they still have payments to make. The other thing is, even if you're maybe not able to get the amount reduced, you may be able to get the term of your lease reduced. So maybe from X amount of years, maybe it's two years less, maybe five years less. So then at least it gives you a little bit of comfort that way. So just write down basically all the service providers you can talk to and see how you can make it work. But before you dive into this, definitely know your numbers first. Know exactly what's coming in and out of your account. Know exactly what your personal expenses are each month. And then also figure out what your business operating expenses are each month. One other thing you can potentially do, I don't recommend this for everyone, but it's an option depending on your specific situation. One thing is you can do for your personal finances is you can have two checking accounts. You can have one for fixed expenses and then one for discretionary spending. So what you can do is have your income come in for the to the account where your fixed expenses all come out of. And then you can have a second account that you transfer for kind of spending money or for that little bit of more flexible money. So then it's easier for you to um, not overspend during this time and really keep a handle on that. So certain people who maybe struggle more with overspending, that sometimes works well there because you can a lot quicker see, okay, I only have this much to spend for this pay period and it can be easier to stick within it if you're still struggling with that area. And one of the things I would just say is really don't turn a blind eye to diving into your finances right now because of the uncertainty or feeling scared to look at the numbers. Um, make this the reason you do look at them because it causes you so much more anxiety when you are not looking at them and you're not really sure because it's not out of sight, out of mind. It is absolutely the top of your mind and you're freaking out about it constantly. So what happens when you avoid, you feel shameful and it literally is just the spiral that you continue going on. And I don't want you to feel that way. So these are lots of ways to dive in. And if you have to re-listen to this multiple times to write it down, please feel free to do so. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm going to pull out, I was making some notes as you were talking because there was a couple of them that really hit home for me. Um, especially like printing out your credit card and your bank statements and going through those. Um, that's something that I usually do every six months and it's crazy. I did that back in January and I, I saved us a thousand dollars of stuff that there was uh, website domains that were being renewed. Um, there were apps that I wasn't using on my phone. Um, I was using way too many different softwares that I move down into one. Um, and it, it's, you don't realize how much that adds up. 
So I did that in January. And then after this whole situation happened, I did it again. Because sometimes you just need to keep refining and refining as to like, what do I really need? Um, and what am I kind of just taking as a luxury right now? So that was fantastic. Cause like, whether it's, yeah, like what you said, a dollar or $2 or $10 here. Oh my God, that adds up so, so much. Um, the negotiation, I, I really like that. I think a lot of people think that just cause they are in a contract with something or they're told that that's the price that they can't have those negotiations. Um, and they 100% can. I remember even with uh, a couple of years ago, I got rid of satellite radio in my car and I think it was like, it was over $200 a year. And I just, I honestly wasn't using it because of Spotify. And I called in to cancel and they're like, you know, if we give it to you for $79 for the year, um, you know, will you stay with us? And I took the deal and then I didn't listen to it for the entire year. So then I finally quit them the year after. But like what you said, they would rather keep you as a customer than try to get a whole new customer again. So the, the negotiations are completely open. Absolutely. Yeah. And just know that negotiations, they're a collaboration. It's a win-win situation. It's not a lose-lose. So when you see that, not just during this time, but see that for the rest of your life, because especially as women, we feel kind of uncomfortable about it. And we're like, oh, you know, I'm just not going to do it. It can save you so much money over your lifetime. Just know that it's a win-win for both of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I like your idea about the separate bank accounts too. That's something I've been doing for about two years. Um, and I got the idea from a book called Profit First. Um, it's great. I started, I first started that with the business. Um, and then last year started doing that with my personal finances. So I have five different bank accounts for the purse for the business. And then I think I have three for my personal, um, and it helps. And this, and the analogy that they use in that book is so perfect. It's kind of like a tube of toothpaste. Like at the beginning, you've got a fresh tube and you're just like, like all over it. But when you are out of toothpaste, you're rolling it up. You're trying to squeeze out that last little pee drop. Um, and that's the same way for the bank accounts. When they look like you have a ton of money, um, a lot more people are more um, like, yeah, they just let more money out of their bank account. Absolutely. And if you're an entrepreneur and haven't read that book, I highly recommend it, it, I think it should be like the Bible of entrepreneurship to be yeah. completely honest. Yeah. It shifted my view of finances. It helped just manage things and save and just prioritize the different financial things in the business and actually earn a profit, which most businesses don't because they don't prioritize that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what I started doing too for my, my profit for my personal is at first I, it, when it got up to like a hundred dollars, I would go and spend that on something that I wanted. Like there's, there's savings. And then there's like my little like profit spending account. Um, and then when I got to 500, I can go spend something on myself. And then, and I keep increasing my, my little like splurge on myself, um, goals and, and you keep getting up. Now I'm at a thousand dollars, um, aside from all my other savings and investments and stuff, but you can have fun with your bank accounts and set goals for yourself, which is what I think people need because if you don't have goals or things that you're working towards, um, like, yes, we all need to save, but like, what are you saving for? Like, what is that? Why? Um, and I think kind of even having those short-term goals for yourself so it doesn't seem so large, um, is really, really key. Absolutely. And that's really important. It's just what I say to my clients is like, celebrate all the little wins. Don't just celebrate the big thing. Like a lot of people think when I get this credit card paid off fully, I'm going to celebrate it. 
Well, that can be quite a while. I want you to celebrate every single payment you get towards it. I want you to celebrate that first thousand dollars you've hit, like all of the things I want you to celebrate if you've negotiated the interest rate and you've got that lowered because you're now saving so much money from that. Same with your emergency fund. That's a big thing because people just hear the words like six months and they think that is impossible. I want you to celebrate a thousand dollars when you hit that first month, like every single time you put a payment towards it, I want you to get so excited about it because otherwise it just feels like it's this end point that is so difficult. And it's really about that journey. And the thing is you saving money along the way, you are developing new habits and behaviors, and those all need to be celebrated. All of the internal shifts that you're making, not just that one tangible result that you've received. So Honest to goodness, even during this economy right now, like I still want you to really celebrate the things. If this is the first time you've dove in and you were highlighting everything from your statements, I want you to celebrate that because maybe you were completely avoidant of it before. Be really excited about that. Be excited that you called, negotiated, that you were able to work something out cheaper. Like, especially during this time, you need to celebrate all the littlest of things. Yeah. It, it's kind of like losing weight. Like if you have 50 pounds of weight to lose, that seems so daunting, but like the first pound, two pounds, five pounds. Um, yeah. And like what you said, it's the habits because it's not about the end result, just like losing weight. It's, it's the habits and the person you become along that way that continues that result. Oh. The, the last thing that I pulled out of that conversation was about new income coming in. And I think it's, it's really, people need to get really clear on like what you said, like, what are my monthly living expenses? Like, what do I need? And if there is some, a gap there of extra income that you need, or you want to make some extra income on top of that, if you are developing a new service, you know, let's say going into the online space, which is what a lot of my clients are doing right now, figuring out, well, how much do I want to make in the online space? Like, what is that target? And then you're able to price and have goals for yourself in terms of launching something in the online space. So the numbers need to be clear before anything, you know, can really be done moving forward. Absolutely. Cause when you just think I just need to make more money, but you have no idea how much that is. It's so easy to just feel like it's so up in the air and you're just so overwhelmed versus like, okay, that number is $1,300 or that number is whatever that is. It's so much easier. Once you have a sales target, you can get near, you can narrow in. Okay. What is the problem that people at this time have and how can I solve that? How many people do I need to help? And you're, you're just diving into like actually taking action versus being overwhelmed and feeling like, um, crippled. And then it's like, you're on pause and you're almost like, you're literally just like sitting and nothing's really happening. And that is so easy. And it's happening even more with people right now. So know exactly what you need to hit for that number. And it's so much easier to actually go out and hit it versus just saying, I just know that I need more money and I don't have enough savings. Like know what that number is. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we all want more money. Like the, the, you're always going to have a goal of more money. And in order to have that feeling of satisfaction and gratification, for yourself, the goal needs to be there so that you can have those small wins. Cause if you're working towards something that's just like a never ending journey, like there's not going to be any fulfillment in that. hundred percent. Oh, fantastic. Um, anything else, you know, for our viewers or our listeners here, um, that you want them to take away, like even from like finances, the situation we're in, what you're seeing with your clients. What I would say is it's so easy to be caught up in like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is terrible. And like all of the negative things is to really have gratitude in the smallest of things right now and see what are all the good things going on. Like what I see is 
before this, there was a lot of people that were like, no, I'm absolutely fine. Like, I don't need to dive into my numbers. Well, that's a different story now. So see the gratitude of you're actually going to pay a lot closer attention to your finances going forward. And you know what? Some people did need a wake up call. And so that is a good thing because maybe there could have been something worse that happened and you would have been even less prepared. Although I know you're probably saying right now, like that's not possible that something worse could have happened. But honestly, this is going to serve you so much going forward. The other thing I'd say, if you have kids right now, please, please, please do as much as you can to educate them about this time because they're going to remember this depending on how you're handling it. This can be a huge trauma that they're going through that they don't even really realize, but later in life will affect how they manage their money. And I have a, it's a really short video on my Instagram, um, on my IGTV that I would love you to watch. If you were a parent, it talks just a little bit more about how, what happened with me growing up and how it really affected me over the long run, like my health wise and how I chose to manage my money. So I just want you to really just explain to your kids what's going on. Cause an example would be when I was 18 years old, coming out into the workforce, I was in the oil field at that time and the economy was not doing well in the recession. So a lot of the people that I worked with were older than me. They were typically kind of 40 plus men. And what I kept hearing from them was, Oh my God, I lost all of my retirement. Everything I had is gone. And I truly believe that because that's what everyone said. But what I didn't understand was they, they did not lose that money if they did not cash out their investments at that time. So I always just lived in so much fear because nobody ever told me for, I didn't know for years that that actually wasn't true. So coming out to the workforce, bam, it's a recession. Everyone's lost all this money. You feel, you view money very differently, especially when you grew up with nothing. So just really think about how you can educate your kids during this time, like include them in the process of what you're doing and make it empowering for them and just help them through it. Cause they don't understand. All they know is they feel your emotions and your energy. So really kind of think about that and take that into account as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, and I love what you said. This is, it's a great financial reset for so many people. Um, you know, I've always managed all of our finances. Um, and I was even saying to Joe last week, like, I'm actually grateful for this situation. Um, because even though like I did a big audit in January, this helped me gain even more clarity on like, what do we really need? Um, like, what are we spending in the business, in the personal that isn't necessarily needed? And how can we redirect that income, um, to service better? Um, I was also saying to Joe too, I've always heard about the 2008, you know, recession and crash and everything that happened with the housing market. And I listened to a lot of podcasts and have heard about businesses being affected, um, but I never thought much of it because in 2008, I was working as a dental hygienist. I wasn't an entrepreneur at the time and it didn't affect me. Um, and now I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm in it. Um, but I'm actually very grateful for the situation. I think we always need to look at the positive. Um, I'm looking at like, where can I redirect you know, where can I pivot? Um, where can I best shine? Um, because re like we help fitness professionals like, and gyms, like our clients all just shut down their businesses. Um, so that really put Joe and I on our toes to figure out like, okay, where are we pivoting to? What are we going to do? How do we, you know, keep these financial habits that we're putting in place now moving forward? I um, mean, I think that's what everybody needs to look at, um, you know, redirecting moving forward. A hundred percent. Yeah. And just really diving into just being really resourceful and knowing there's going to be so much good come out of this, um, being innovative. You're going to do your business differently, but we just have to see that as a good thing. Even if you don't know what that's going to be or what's going to come out of that, there is going to be amazing things. So just like really anchoring in that, uh, it's kind of the unknown right now, but just know it is going to happen and it is going to serve you very well. Like your thought process of how you think 
and your decision making is going to be completely different after this. And I think that's a really good thing because for a lot of people who are entrepreneurs now, they hadn't been through one of those recessions and everything was just really, really great. The market was incredible. And people forget that it needs to reset. Like about every 10 years, this does need to happen because the world cannot just keep going up, up and up. And I also believe that people also need to see that there are kind of those, those rough times too. So then they prepare themselves better for it. So yeah. It, it is a good thing actually, deep down. And I mean, I think everybody wishes they saved more money or were better with their finances. And sometimes it takes a situation like this, like enough pain. Um, Cause we usually, we want to move towards pleasure, right? Like it's either pain or pleasure that causes people to change, but most people just cause it's pleasurable will not go towards it. They need to feel enough pain in order to actually make that change, which is unfortunate, but it, it will be beneficial for so many people. Yeah. So you have an awesome resource that if you're listening to the podcast, it's in the show notes. If you're watching this video, it's in the post um, for the link to it. Do you want to explain this resource that you're offering? Yeah. So this is for your personal finances to really help you to dive deep into the numbers so you can see. And basically it's a budget template that's broken up into three different areas. So there's three different types of spend, um, three different categories of spending of your expenses. And so the first one's your fixed expenses, which most people are pretty good at budgeting for. The second one is your day-to-day -day spending. So groceries, eating out, pet food, household items, that sort of thing. And then the third one is that non-recurring and random expenses. So clothing, gifts, everything like that. And although you're not going to have money going towards that right now, it's really great for you to have that awareness, especially during this time. So you can see, okay, what does our income actually need to be in order to do all of these things that we want to do or what areas can we cut back in? So it's incredibly great for your awareness. And then what I would say is make basically two of these. So fill out the first one, just as if you were living your life normally and then duplicate it and change it to like, you're just in case. So basically this time right now, but you can see what that difference is. And cause a lot of people don't take into account that third category of expenses that can be like five, $600 more a month. And you don't understand why you can never get your credit card paid off until you realize, Oh, we had no idea that this is actually truly how much our expenses were. So I highly encourage you to download that. That'll be really helpful to have that initial awareness, awareness and that insight there. And, uh, and then I would love for you to follow me on my Instagram, join me there. I share a lot of stuff, especially on my Instagram stories. I share a lot of tips and tricks on there. And, uh, I would love to answer any questions that you may have during this time. But like I said, your accountant will also be a great person when it comes, especially if you're a business owner to figuring out what loans or different grants may be applicable to you. Yeah. Um, I think it's great too, that the taxes have been deferred and, and there's so like I, the accountants, I know my accountant, she sent me a big email with a lot of different things. So if anybody's listening or watching here, reach out to your accountant because they'll give you some great resources. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mandy. You have a wealth of knowledge and experience um, that will come in handy in this situation and moving forward. So thank you so much for sharing everything with our community. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show.